Well, without further ado, I know y'all want to y'all want to hear some teaching, right? Amen. How many of y'all being blessed by this prayer series? How many of y'all feel like you're getting more intimate? Okay. I remember uh, once upon a time, I met this, this guy from Haiti. I met this guy from Haiti. And, and he came to my house, and he was in my studio. His initials, KP. I ain't gonna point no fingers or nothing. <laughs> but this is the punchline. So me and Curry's talking, and and we met in 2014 at a, a school of audio engineering. And um, we started working together during the school, but after the school especially, even more. And so as we were working together, I asked Kirby one day. <laughs> I said, Kirby, you want me to teach you how to pray? And, and he didn't say nothing at the moment, okay? <laughs> but but you talking about somebody whose father's a pastor. All right, he's been in church his whole life. And how, the audacity of you to ask me, do I want you to teach me how to pray? <laughs> Am I right? Look, later on he said, that's what he said. He was like, what? The nerve of you to ask me. Do I? <laughs> because I told you the common thing with church is that sometimes we're told to do stuff and there's just no practical application for it. Okay, you have to teach people how to fast. You have to teach people what happens after they fast. You have to teach people the purpose of it. Okay, you have to teach people how to pray, how to read the word, how to study. This is not something where it's not like worldly education, where we all can grab a book and see the same thing. This is a spiritual document. You only see according to one, your, your, uh, the five stages of sonship. So when you look in the scriptures, you either see like a Nepios, a Pation, Technon, a Nisco, or Weos. Period. That's how you read it. In every level, it changes for you. Okay, I remember when I was in the military and I read the scripture in Acts where it talked about they would be enslaved, enslaved for 435 years. And then they would be set free. And I, I called my auntie and asked her, were they talking about the black people? I didn't know. Okay, I, I didn't know. Now I know, but then I didn't know. And so we should, that's, that's the whole, the whole, when you read the scriptures, you have to understand that he's going to deal with you either at the five stages of sonship or at your calling. Okay. Prophets would look in the Bible and they would just see, they would see, they tuned, they tuned in the prophetic stuff. If you have a gift of healing, you see all that stuff better than most people. Until I accepted the call of an apostle, I see Paul totally different. I hear him totally different now because of the call. As a pastor, you're going to see stuff totally different. That's what separates the body. Okay. The Bible said that he gave gifts to the church. The fivefold ministry is a gift to you. It's a gift to you. It's a gift to perfect you, to raise you, to bring you up. And so he's always, and I hate to say it like this, but he's always going to speak to the fivefold ministry on a higher level than he do the congregation. 
It has to happen like that. If not, then there's no need for us to teach you. But yeah, that was amazing. That, that, was, that was definitely. So we've been talking about this whole series of pray like a child, opposed to praying like a slave, praying like a servant. If you go through, if you go and read the book of Psalms and you look at David's prayers, his prayers are always engaged in the Lord. That's what most people get their prayer life from reading the book of Psalms. Okay. If you fast forward to the new Testament, all you see Jesus do is engage, engage the father. All right. You have to understand this, these two things. One, this whole Bible exists because God wants to be our father. Not because he wants to be our God. He was God before the foundation of the world. When he said, let there be light, he was already God. After he created everything, breathed life, in, and before he even breathed life into man, he was the Lord. He was that already. This whole thing of putting us here on earth, telling us to represent his name, represent his will, represent his kingdom, it just sounds like family. It's just a family thing. That's all it is. And I have to continually, continually tell you these things because soon as you leave from here, your mind's going to get abused. Satan is always trying to molest your soul. He's always the one thing he does not want. He don't care about your gifts. He don't care about your calling. I'm going to keep saying that he does not care about that. There's nothing he can do with that. Matter of fact, when we die and we eventually get to heaven, there'll be no gifts or callings. It'll just be sons and daughters. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I don't care. Okay. The thing about Jesus we have to remember is how was Jesus when he died? 33. Hmm. How old was Jesus when he got his ministry? Now you 30. I get what you're saying, but you, I mean, I see what you're saying. You now I see exactly what he's saying though. Cause he was in, that's when he started preparing for his ministry. That's more when he started preparing. But he got his ministry at the age of 30. Now, died at 33, got his ministry at the age of 30. How long was he a son of God? For 33 years, forever. Okay, forever. He was, he was always a son of God. Okay? So, out of 33 years, he only had three years where he did gifts and callings. See what I'm saying? Out of 33 years on this planet... Three years, he did gifts. Three years, he did miracles. This was not his whole life. He waited till he was 30 and got the Holy Spirit. You're going to be a son and a daughter forever. This is eternal life. The gifts and the callings, they're going to fade away. That's what Paul said. He said prophecy going to fade away. If you ain't got, if all you got is a prophetic gift, then you're not going to make it. If all you got is a teaching gift, a preaching gift, if all you got is your anointing to move a crowd, you're not going to make it. Because the kingdom of God is for sons and daughters. Amen. So we're talking about this series, Pray Like a Child. Uh, if you pray like a child, then you will be led like a child. If you come to him timid, okay, if you come to him scary, if you come to him unsure of the relationship, watch this. He can only respond to faith. 
He can only respond to faith and truth. Faith is the relationship. What is your confidence in a relationship? How much do you rely on him in that relationship? How much do you depend on him? How much do you confide in him? That is your faith. That's your faith. It's not you saying that I believe him for money. That's not your faith. Money comes with being a child in the kingdom. You don't have to ask for money. You see a scripture here say pray for money. He said, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, stuff going to be added to you. It's going to be added to you. He didn't say seek money and the kingdom going to come to you. He didn't say seek friends and the kingdom will come to you. He said, if you seek the kingdom of God, the right family will come to you. If you seek the kingdom of God, the right people will be in your life. It's when we do not seek the kingdom and we do not seek his righteousness that we end up with stuff that we ain't supposed to have. And then we fight to get rid of it. Mindsets. People. Debt. (laughs) The things that we have that we are not supposed to have all are a result because we are not in his kingdom properly participating. So if you pray like a child, you will be led like a child, you will walk like a child, and eventually you will live like a child. It is a process. I told you guys a long time in the in uh, conception of this ministry, you're going to have to take a season. You're going to have to take a season in your life, and you're going to have to let everything go in order to get this. Jesus said it like this, young people, deny yourself. That's hard. Pick up your cross and then follow me. He's telling you how to get there. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow. So the first teaching we did was the first rule of prayer. Then you know that the first rule of prayer, you have to know who to pray to. You have to pray to your father. All right. We're not praying. Jesus did not tell us to pray to him. Jesus did not tell us to pray to the Holy Spirit. Jesus did not tell us to pray to the fivefold ministry. He was very, very, very particular on saying it. Not only was he particular on saying it, he was particular on doing it in front of the disciples. The next one was understanding the secret place. Understanding the secret place. You have to understand there is a secret place there in this relationship. And in prayer, you should visit it every day. You should visit it every day. The thing about it is the more you do it, you won't have to visit it every day. You do these things until it becomes your mindset. You confess scripture until that scripture becomes the way you think. You continually put the word in you until your mind shifts and you no longer think naturally. I'm almost there. No, my wife tell you, I don't care about natural stuff. I don't chase money. I don't chase people. I don't chase fame. I don't chase notoriety. All I care about is we gonna, are we doing it the way the scripture said? That's it. I don't care nothing about nothing else. When a situation arises in my life, in my house, in my mind, I go right to the word. I don't have an opinion. You have to put enough word into, in you until you lose an opinion. 
You lose your opinion and the word becomes your opinion. What does the word say? Forget what everybody else say. Forget what people say. Forget what your own thoughts are telling you. Align it with the word. When you align it with the word, that's life. Because at every, every given moment of your life, you always stand before them two trees. You can choose life or you can choose the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat one fruit or you can eat the other. Scripture said choose life. (laughs) You see what happened to Adam. You see what happened to Eve. We see what happened to the people who didn't eat it or do the things the way the father said it. Crash. So on today, we're going to talk about the title of our teaching is going to be household prayer. Household prayer. Household prayer. And we're going to talk about how Jesus taught his disciples to pray according to how he grew up. He said he only do what the father tell him. He said the son can only do what he see the father doing. Amen. How many y'all ready? All right, let's go. Luke chapter 11, verse one. I'm ready. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, I just noticed that it was one of his disciples. Hmm. Wasn't all of them. Wasn't all 12 said one of his disciples came to him. And said, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. Teach us to pray. In other words, give us instructions on how to pray. Give us a manual on how to pray. Give us some steps. Give us something that will show us how to pray. John taught his disciples, we need you to teach us. Now, Jesus loved teaching because of one of his callings, for one. But for two, he had a mission to impart the things of the kingdom into people. Jesus is the one that said, learn of me. He said, learn of me because I'm meek and I'm lowly at heart. He said, learn of him, which means whenever you follow him, he's teaching you something. Whenever you do it the way he said it, he's teaching you something. Whenever you read that read in scriptures, he's teaching you something. He's revealing his father's kingdom to you. He's revealing the way in which a thing needs to be done. Now, the funny thing is they did not ask him, teach me how to do miracles. You would think they would. Come on now. They didn't ask him, teach me how to cast out devils. They didn't say, teach me how to heal. They didn't say, teach me how to teach, how to preach. Teach me how to draw crowds. They didn't say, teach me how to walk on water. I would ask that. I won't know how to walk on water. Teach me how to walk on water. (laughs)
The reason why he was teaching them how to pray is because it was the relationship that produced a powerful life. They seen that. It was what he did in prayer that when he came out of prayer that allowed him to be to live a powerful life. That's why I tell you, your, your power is not in your gifts. Your power is not in your calling. It is in your life. If we put somebody next to you and they follow you around at home every day, they see the way you conduct yourself. Can you win them to the father? That's a powerful life. If I put somebody in your household next to you and you can't win the father to them and you can't show them and represent the father, you're living a weak life. You lack power. And you only lack power because you lack relationship. You only lack power because, watch this, he hasn't grown you up to the place where he can use you. You haven't got to the place where you can be a light yet. But that's what we're here for, amen? And so, hmm. The thing about this too is, it's funny, I was, I, I wrote this note in last night. Um, you have no Old Testament thing teaching people how to pray. You have nothing in the Old Testament teaching them how to pray. They just teach us, told them to pray. <laughs> just talk to them, just say something. Mostly because they had a leader. People couldn't come and talk to him. Only the leader could talk. So there was no need to learn how to pray. That's why the Bible says that in the old times, he spoke through the law, he spoke to the prophets, but now he speaks through his son. And that's powerful in itself. I'm about to go off into a tangent, okay? Now, Jesus came to give us his life. So when he's teaching them how to pray, he can only teach them according to his life. One man, 12 disciples, three years, millions of people. <laughs> That's how powerful his life was. One man taught 12 disciples. One of them fell off. <laughs> so let's just say 11. One man, 11 disciples, three years, changed the entire world. That's how powerful sonship is. That's how powerful you are when you lose that orphan spirit and you get into this relationship. Because until you lose the orphan spirit, until you, until you be, uh, uh, grow in through the five stages of sonship, you can't hear like he can. So when they came to Jesus and they asked him, they said, teach me how to pray. He can only give them prayer from his household. He could not give them prayer from nowhere else, but how he would do it. You agree with that? It would be silly to, to think in our minds that they asked him to teach us how to pray and he taught them how to do it another way than how he did it. This is the simplicit stuff of the gospel of the scriptures that we miss. Verse two. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our, 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I like the the Matthew, um, for that particular line, I like the Matthew better when it says pray in this manner. Because he's not telling us to literally just say this. All right. He's not telling us to pray our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We done praying. We done. <laughs> Go on with your day. <laughs> no, he was giving us a model of prayer. He was giving us a model of prayer. The first thing he was telling us, us, us is pray to your father, our father. He's saying your father and my father is the same father. So pray to our father. The next thing he was letting us know was the location. Our father is not on earth. He's in heaven. So by him being our father, which means that prayer is no good until you can walk into you can walk into prayer, understanding the relationship. Because the climate of, 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 of secret place prayer, the climate of prayer period is the fatherly love of God. It's his fatherly love. If you go into, if you go to pray to him, matter of fact, I always suggest this to people before you pray, absorb his love. Write down all of the scriptures. Okay. To talk about how much he loves you, how much he'll never leave you. Go through those, absorb those. So then when you enter into that place, you know who you're talking to. You're not talking to someone who's against you. You're not talking to someone who keeps record of your wrongs. That's scary. Okay, but you know what? Religion would tell you, I don't know about all that now. He see your sins well. He told us not to keep record of wrongs. He told one guy, before you even approach the altar to pray, if you got something against your brother, get rid of it and then come back. (laughs) I told you, where sin does abound, grace does abound even more. He sees your sin. Your sin say this child immature. I know he said it about me. I know, I know I do some stuff. But I'm cool with that. I understand the relationship. I don't try to, I'm not walking on eggshells. He called Peter an apostle before he denied him. He knew he was going to deny him and still caught. He wasn't thinking about the denial. He was thinking about the day of Pentecost. He was thinking about what he wanted to use him as. He wasn't thinking about, oh, look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. Oh, he's going to deny him. Well, since he denied, I can't use him. Surely the person who denies can't be used. What about the person that killed Christians? So you talking about the person that denied him was chosen to be the apostle of the Jews and the person who killed and crucified Christians was the apostle of the Gentiles. What you doing wrong? It ain't that deep. Focus on the relationship. Focus on growing. Do not focus on your faults. Do not focus on your failures because the moment you do that, you destroy the sacrifice. Come on. 
You're saying he didn't send a sacrifice for me. Now, I ain't saying act a fool. Hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. No, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> but the first part of the prayer is, is understanding this is household behavior. Our father, which means we have permission to lose the religion. You can clap to that. Go ahead. Hurt your hands. <laughs> Prayer is about what he has for you. Prayer is not about what you can do for him. I'm going to say that again after y'all digest that. Prayer is not about what you can do for him. Prayer is the place where you meet him in secret so he can do for you. I was in secret prayer all this week and all thing he kept telling was, ask me. Don't ask nobody else. He said, ask me. Just ask me. Whatever it is, ask me. He wasn't bringing up what I was doing wrong. He whatever you need, ask me. Because all day long, if you in this relationship, he's working on you. Am I right? All day long, he's working on you. <laughs> when he meets you in prayer, he ain't trying to bring it all. Bring it all up. Remember, you did this. You did this. You did that. That's Satan. I just let you, that's a nugget. Cut your brain off. That's Satan. Your father is not bringing up all your failures. Amen. He's not. So. The next part is in heaven that our father is in heaven. So if he's going to get in your situation, if he's going to get in your circumstance, if he's going to get in your heart, your mind, and your soul, there has to be an invitation. It has to be an invitation, a daily invitation. You have to invite him. The reason why you have to invite him, because it is illegal for him to take your will. It is illegal for him to come into your household. He couldn't even come into earth without a body. Hence Jesus. Once he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let us put them on earth and let them dominate. That became, that was a decree. Once it is spoken from a king's mouth, he can't go back on that. So he can never invade your situation without your permission. So Jesus is telling us, this is your father, invite him. The next thing he said was, hollow be your name. So the next thing he's telling us, now remember, he's teaching them how to pray. All right. He's setting them up. But at the same time, he's teaching them how to pray according to Abba's household. He's not teaching you how to pray according to your church. He's not teaching you to pray according to your family. He's not teaching you to pray according to what you think. He's teaching you to pray according to Abba's household. So he said, this is our father. He's in heaven. Then he said, make his name holy. Then he says, let his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. So we are to represent his household. This is what makes prayer effective. 
when we are representing his household, when we know he's our father, when we know we need to invite him in, when we know it's about us making his name holy. It's not about you making your name holy. It's not about you putting your name out there, getting your name in lights. It's not about that. It is about you making his name holy, household stuff. So you make his name holy. Then he says he wants his kingdom to come. He don't want you to build your kingdom. It's going to take you forever. Okay. He already got a kingdom (laughs) that you are part of. He wants you to make sure his kingdom is coming and his will is being done in earth as it is in heaven. So it is our responsibility to invite our father's kingdom into earth. Sometimes on a prayer call, you will hear me pray like this. I say, Father, let your kingdom come to every man, woman, and child, every situation and circumstance. Let your kingdom come to every household, every neighborhood, every city, state, county, country, and continent worldwide. That's why I do that. Because it is, it is our responsibility as his children to, to uh, promote his kingdom by representing his name, but it's also to send and dispatch angels wherever that they're needed. When we say let his will be done or let his kingdom come to us in our household, we saying everything that is not of his name, that is not of his character, that is not of his will, that is not like him. We send the angels to minister to it, to destroy it. Is That's our responsibility. Because you have to remember, we are praying from his household. So when you raise a child in your household, when they leave your household to go do life, you expect them to follow the rules, the regulations, and how you raise them. So when you lead a secret place, you're supposed to lead a secret place responding to society like your father. I tell my kids all the time, don't let other kids raise you. Your father has already spoken. The person who provides for you, cares for you, feeds you, clothes you has already spoken. There's no need to listen to somebody who does not do anything for you. With that being said, stop letting people rent space in your head. So he wants his kingdom announced and promoted on earth. He wants his will done on earth. That's why he told him, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And and whatever you bind, (laughs) whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. On earth is in you, in your mind, in your life, in your household. Whatever you let in there, He said, whatever you bind on earth, heaven going to agree with you. Heaven going to back you, whatever you say. But watch this. This is the, the, mm, the misunderstanding of binding and loosening. Because we think it happens in real time. I bind Satan in the name of, no, no, stop. I lose finances right now. No, no, no. Binding and loosening happens with lifestyle. The way we bind things is what we don't allow in our life. When we don't allow it in our life, heaven backs us. It don't back us when we say it. Because <laughs> you can say it, but you're in agreement with Satan. You're in agreement with his whole kingdom. I'm talking about I bind. 
Whatever you lose, what do you want from heaven? What are you asking heaven for? It has to be things in you, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul that you refuse to let stay. Then it has to be things that that's why I tell you when you pray, I always do the, the trip worship. Teach, remove, impart, praise. You have to come to him every day asking him to teach you, which means you're saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. The child that thinks they know always get in trouble. <laughs> Naturally and spiritually. Now, after his name, his kingdom, and his will are being done by his children, then and only then can we ask for our portion. Verse 3. Give us day by day our daily bread. Give us our daily bread. Now, why most people never get their daily bread is because they never do the first part of the prayer. They don't know who their father is. They don't understand he in heaven, so they need to invite him. They're not trying to make his name holy. You're going to do you regardless of what people say. <laughs> They're not trying to promote his kingdom. They got to get the bag for themselves. He told him, he said, it's going to be hard for a rich man to enter into heaven. It's going to be hard. Why? Because you're going to go get the bag by yourself. And he's going to tell you like the rich young ruler, give it up to the poor. And you're not going to be able to give it up. And you're going to want to keep it. The only rich people that can come to him is the people who can turn their money over to him. The only intellectual people that can come to him is those who can turn over their intellect to him. Everything that you have, the father wants it. You're not going to be able to keep anything because everything you have is new. In Christ, there's a new life. The old is passed away. You don't need none of that old stuff. Including the money. Give it to me. Well, it said the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the... All right. All right. All right. God, dog. But that's the hindrance of prayer. Is we're not making... We're not representing his name. We're not going to represent his kingdom and we show enough don't want his will be done. We want our will. Our way has to get done. And so we never even get to the part where give us our daily bread. That's how a household works. Kids never come, should never come to parents saying give me and they're not doing nothing the parents say. That's a, come on now. Come on now. You teach your kids that, right? <laughs> your father said the same thing to you. Ooh. Your father said the same thing to you. I know you want stuff, but are you, do you know I'm your father? Because if you don't even know he's your father, that you have no faith. The faith in Jesus Christ is to get us into the relationship. Mm. Let me say that again. We should post that on Facebook. Twitter. My kids said Facebook for old people. <laughs> y'all hear me now watch this watch this watch this the re- to get into the relationship your faith has to be in Jesus Amen. to build faith in a relationship it has to be in the father the mediator came to reconcile once the reconciliation is there your faith is supposed to be in the relationship 
Your faith, there's no need for you to be saved for 40 years and your faith is only in Jesus dying on the cross. I'm about to pass out. Okay. So he... (laughs) Only a divine generation. And y'all know I keep that stuff in the, I always keep it in the recording too. Cause I don't, man, this is, look, this is who we are. We're not hiding nothing. We are who we are. When we get to that other place, we'll be there then. But until then, this is where we are. We're not trying to show nobody nothing. You listen to the podcast, we appreciate you listening, but you in our business. <laughs> <laughs> So now, he said, give us day by day our daily bread. Now, got good news for you. Daily bread is our predestined provision for a predestined purpose for, for that day. All right. Daily bread is our predestined provision for a predestined purpose for that day. You have a destiny. Your destiny consists of your purpose, your assignments, and your callings. Every day you have an assignment. And every day there's daily bread to help you in your assignment. If you go to the Father in the secret place daily and ask him. We're going to do a whole teaching on daily bread because what people do think, they think this. That Jesus woke up in the morning and... Huh? And started right now, okay, I'm going to heal somebody today. I'm going to do miracles today. All right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to preach to the masses. I'm going to stand in a boat. They're going to all come running to me. No. He got up in the morning, said, Father, what is it that you want me to do on today? As he walked during the day, the Father led him to do those things. The church tries to plan miracles. We try to plan the stuff. We want to, we going to make it happen. We're going to make them get out the wheelchair today. You don't know. You have no, I, no, everything Jesus, Jesus constantly said, the mantra of his ministry was this. I only do what my father tell me to do. So why would we think that he got up in the morning and planned out his day? He didn't. He got daily bread, which means he got instructions. He got directions. He got anointing for that day. Power for that day. Strength for that day. Finance that day. He ain't not giving you nothing for two, three days later. Because you know what? If he did, you wouldn't come back. If he said weekly bread, you pray once a week. Probably every other week. He said daily bread for a reason. Because he wants you to come back every day and get those instructions. Your kids wake up every day in your household and get instructions from you on what to do. They get corrected every day. They get taught every day. They get loved every day. You got to go to the father every single day and say, Father, what it is, what is it that you want me to do today? What are my instructions? What are my directions? What should I be studying today? What should I be reading today? What should I be listening to? What should I not? What should I not be listening to? Who should I be around? What's the move for today? Jesus taught his disciples. Don't worry about tomorrow. Why did he do that? Because he know how the household works. 
He taught his disciples. Don't worry about food. Don't worry about drink. Don't even worry about the clothes. Don't worry about that. That's your father's responsibility. Your job is just to seek the kingdom, which is his household, and seek to do it in the righteous way, which is the way his household does it. And he said, if you do it that way, everything is added to you. Y'all hear that? You just do what daddy tells you to do. You do what mama tells you to do. And everything you want, you get. (laughs) Naturally and spiritually, that's true. Parents have no problem with obedient children. They have no problem. The Bible says that there is nothing against the law. Said when it comes to the fruit of spirit, there is no law against that. He's saying you practicing love, peace, joy, patience. Oh my God. <laughs> ain't, no law, I can, ain't nothing I can do with that but bless you. That's the only thing I can do is invite angelic presence. That's why teaching like this, Satan comes immediately to agitate you. And you know who, who usually the number one target? The person who taught it. <laughs> I like Miles Monroe. Uh, he spoke about um, bread. And he was talking about the ingredients of bread, how important bread was. Do you know what it takes to make bread? The grains have to grow, so you need time. The grains have to, have to, you need time, you need sun, you need water. It has to cook, so it needs fire. <laughs> when he's talking about bread, he's talking about giving you everything that you need for that day. We don't understand how much power we have is because we don't go to our father. We wake up in the morning and we just write our, our, our schedule out, not, not even thinking about what he wants us to do. That's why most people are tired and wore out. Because they're chasing stuff that he did not tell them to chase. Jesus told us, watch this. Jesus said, the birds, he feed the birds. And he said, well, he said, the birds don't reap, they don't sow, neither do they gather into the barn. But your heavenly father feeds them. He said, he take care of the flowers. Every day. And they don't work hard. The word he used was toil. Which means work very hard. Like bricks and mortar. (laughs) He said the grass is here one day, gone the next. But your father pay attention to that. So much that he's going to feed it with water. He's going to make sure it get rain. It'll rain for three days just for the plants. We're like, why is it raining so much? Man, we just want a barbecue. Mm-mm. The plants need to eat. Your father loved them so much, he'll let it rain for three days. He don't care about your agenda. His will being done. He takes care of everything that does not even obey him. That has no meaning for him. He takes care of things that are not even in his image according to his likeness. So now, 
Jesus is teaching them how to pray. First thing he tells them, our father, got to be your father. You have to know he's your father. That is where your faith is. Your faith is not in God. You can't have a relationship with God. It's, imp- it's impossible for a human to have a relationship with a divine being. That's why they were just servants in the Old Testament. He talked to Moses. He called him friend. <laughs> but Moses never seen him. You can only have a relationship with someone you're like. Can't kind of relationship with no dog. That's your pet. I know y'all been that my kid. No, it ain't. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Ty. <laughs> no, look, look, look. Oh my God, have you seen Tanya with them dogs? Have you seen Tanya with her dogs? Oh my God, she got them. Them is really her kids. But I, but my sister, look, my sister. I got a, a sister. I said that because my sister Kendra. I've been trying to get her. I'm like, I need some, I need some, uh, I need some, uh, uh, I'm like, you need, I need some nieces and nephews. And she gonna talk about, send me a picture of her dog. I was like, no, I want something that look like you. <laughs> but that's why he had to make us like him in order to relate with him. That's why he can only give them commandments. He can only give them 10 commandments or he can only give them laws. Because they couldn't obey him because their, their soul, they didn't have the same nature. Us in Christ, we share a nature with the father now. That's why he says worship in spirit and in truth, because now we have the spirit. He said true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Why? Because we are his true children. We are authentic. Why? Because we are in Christ. Old Testament, he didn't tell them to worship in spirit and in truth. Matter of fact, we might talk about that next week. He didn't tell them to worship in spirit and truth. He didn't talk about true worship. Why would Jesus talk about true worship in the New Testament? Because the other Old Testament was false. The other worship was false. He talked about true worship because the other worship was what? False. There's no need to introduce true worship if the Old Testament had true worship. But most of the time when people worship, they worship like the Old Testament. So after he, after we know that he's our father, after we know that he's in heaven, we have to invite him. After we made his name holy, his kingdom come, his will be done. And after we have gotten our daily bread, the next thing he says is verse four and forgive our sins. He says, and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone else who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So first, he says he wants his name. He wants his kingdom. He wants his will. Then you can get. But even after he gives you your daily bread, the humility behind it is he said, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. So you don't just take the daily bread and run with it. This is humility, submission to him. I'm going to give you the daily bread, but you're going to have to allow me to raise you with it. So he said all that. Then he says, forgive us of our sins. Now, 
forgive us. We ask him to forgive us for anything that we have done against his name, his will and his kingdom. The reason why we're asking him to do this, because we are ignorant to his name, his will and his kingdom. We don't know everything about his name. We don't know everything about his kingdom. We don't know everything about his will. So a lot of times we are sinning, but it's not intentionally. So we have to ask him to forgive us because of what we don't know and what we're doing. And when it comes to sin, there are several types of sin. There's trespass in which he's pulled you out the kingdom of darkness, brought you into the kingdom of light. But every now and again, you wander back. It happens. That's what trespass means. You lost. (laughs) A lot of times you do it because of ignorance. It's trespass. The next one is transgression. Transgression is when you know, but you still do it. You know it's wrong, but you still got that struggle. You still got the struggle. It's still hard. I'm still growing. Amen. That's transgression. Now, transgression can get over into pride in which you don't care what he's saying. You're going to do it anyway. That's when you go from transgression to iniquity. Iniquity is when I don't care what the father say. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to. And then watch this. I'm going to bring people with me. He can deal with transgression. I mean, he can deal with trespass. He can deal with transgression. But iniquity, he will not deal with that. Because you're over into Satan's territory now. Y'all good? So we ask him, forgive us of our sins. Because why? We're ignorant. We don't know. It's just stuff we don't know. This is an acknowledgement that I need to grow. Forgive us of our sins. Then he says, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So this is a heart check. He said, I've given you, you know my name. You know I'm your father. You know my name. You know my kingdom. You know my will. I've given you your daily bread. I'm going to forgive you, but how are you going to treat others? Are you going to forgive them? So now it's a heart check. Now he's saying, how is your love life? This is all a model of prayer. You have to ask him to forgive, but at the same time, you have to release people. Because you've done some people wrong. Amen? Whether it was intentional or not. You have to pray for the people who has a heart against you. Father, let release them. <laughs> from whatever going on, whatever I did, I'm sorry. Release them. So that they will be free. Because like people, like I forgot who said it, but they said uh, um, not forgiving is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. <laughs> it don't make sense. Now, he wants us to check our love life in prayer because we are an extension of his household. In his household, he says forgive. Forgiveness is our response to what he said in his household. He says love. Loving people is us responding to his household. He said have peace. Have joy. 
The things he's telling us to do in his household is because you're going to come into situations, you're going to come into circumstances, into circumstances, and they are going to try to destroy those things. It's no difference, like I told you, when I tell my children, when you go to school, you know what I said. It don't matter what everybody else is doing. If you do what I say, you're good. It's when you don't. <laughs> it's the only time you get in trouble. You don't get in trouble for doing things the right way. You only get in trouble for doing things the wrong way. When you know what the word says and you keep doing it a certain way. It's an indication of, of a couple things. One, that you are not in his household. You're not spending enough time with him. You're not spending enough time in the word. Me and Shomi was talking and, and he asked me if I prayed. When I prayed in a secret place, did I speak in tongues or did I pray with understanding? I said, I do both. Plus, I just sit and listen sometimes. Okay, I pray in tongues. I pray and understand. But sometimes I just sit and listen. But the thing about it is the more words you got in you, the deeper the conversation gets. That's why the Holy Spirit is there to remind you. If you ain't got no scriptures in you, it can't remind you anything. I'm in a secret place praying and the father keeps bringing up David. When it was time to anoint David, I'm not going to go too deep in this because we might still, I might still teach on this. When it was time to anoint David, they called all his brothers but him. Why? He was in a secret place. He was on the backside of the desert doing what he was supposed to be doing. Attending to the flock. That's where the father called you. He called, he don't call you when you're in a crowd. He don't call the person who's, uh, 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 you know, got the most likes on Instagram. That's not who he calls. He calls the one who's, in, who's working for him. He calls the one who's in, who's, um, in the secret place, who's committed to him. Because he knows that if you're in a secret place and he hasn't given you an assignment, he knows what you're going to do when he gives you the assignment. So if you want your assignment, get in a secret place. Because he's not going to give you the assignment. If he know that when situations and circumstances come about, you're not going to trust him. Amen? All right. Then the next one he says, and do not lead us into temptation. Which means this. Please do not allow us to be led into the things that tempt us. Instead, overpower our will. We give you permission, Father, to raise us to disrupt our foul ways. So when you say do not, when it says and do not lead us into temptation, we are giving the Father permission to lead us. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. So he's letting us know when you're led by your temptations, that's when you stop acting like a child of God. He said, do not lead us into temptations. The things that tempt us are, watch this, are the things that we like. He can't get everybody with cigarettes. He can't get everybody with money. Satan has been following you around and your whole family around for millions of years. He know what your whole squad like. He knows. That's why they call it generational curses. 
He prays on those things. So when we act, so when we're in prayer, we have to give him permission. Father, don't let me be led away. (laughs) Don't let me be led away because sometimes we miss it. Sometimes our temptations get the best of us. That's a part of growing up. You're tempted, you fall, you're tempted, you fall, and then one day it don't happen no more. What does that let you know? You grew. (laughs) If there's never temptation, you don't know if you're growing. He sent Jesus in the wilderness to be tempted and tested. If he's going to send Jesus to be tempted, you know he's going to allow you to be tempted. He's going to allow Satan to speak things. He's going to allow people to say things to you. And the whole purpose of it is to see, are you going to respond according to my household? Or are you going to respond according to them? Which is Satan's house. It might be your your brother in Christ. I'm sorry. That's why community is important. This is where we rub you the wrong way. So we can see if you really got love. This is where we rub you the wrong way. This is where we upset you. This is where we get on your everlasting nerves. This is where your love is tested. You say, I got the love of Christ. Mm. Watch this. (laughs) So lead us, Father. Lead us. Don't let us lead ourselves. We don't let children lead themselves. We don't let children lead themselves. Your father knows that you've been born again. He knows that you're an orphan. He knows those two things about you for sure. He knows you don't know all his word. You don't know all his commandments. He knows you don't know how he do things in heaven. He knows you don't know the whole thing. That's why in your prayers, in a secret place, you have to ask him, Father, lead us. Lead us. Lead me. And then the next one is, but deliver us from the evil one, which means when I get it wrong, deliver me. Deliver just simply mean rescue me. <laughs> I'm about to snap. Come get me, Father. <laughs> I'm about to lose it. They say one more thing. <laughs> Come get me. <laughs> We all are. So when I get it wrong, deliver me, Father, or rescue me. The Bible said he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son. He might have to do that every day. He cool with that. His patience and his love is everlasting. He don't have, uh, uh, his, he didn't get his love from time and space. We got our love from time and space, meaning that we grew up a particular way in our household and the way we were loved, we loved people. Whether it was good, bad, or ugly. Some of us better than others. His love is eternal. It never changes. He's trying to get us to that place. Where no matter what somebody do to you or say to you, you're like, I love you. I got people who don't like me right now. And I love them. I do. I love them. The reason why? Because I already know there's no option. There's no other option. 
I might not want to be around them, but I love them. The whole purpose is, is do not let somebody infect you. Don't let somebody destroy the love that's supposed to be in you. So you have to pray, Father, if you see me getting off, deliver me. Before I get there, deliver me. You can be deceived. If you don't think you can be deceived, that's the deception. Deliver me. You're asking, Father, rescue me when my, my, my thoughts are all the way in left field. When my heart is all the way in left field, Father, deliver me. Come get me. Rescue me. I'm in a place I should not be. My whole body burning. I'm mad. Y'all been there. When we get in the flesh, deliver us. Rescue me. I'm going to need you to come get me when the evil one gets the best of me. When Satan gets the best of me, be sober, be vigilant, because your enemy, your adversary, is as a roaring lion seeking to see who he can devour. At all times, Satan is finding a way to devour you. And a lot of times, he plays on your orphan issues. If people have always been lying on you, if you grew up in a family and they always lying on you, he's going to send people to lie on you. If you grew up in a place of abandonment, he's going to always send people to, to, to promote abandoning you. If there was lack of love, people will always withdraw love. That's why I tell people the same way the Holy Spirit comes upon us to get us to do certain things, Satan comes upon people. The Bible says you can be filled with the spirit or you can be filled with indignation. You can be filled with faith or you can be filled with hatred. You can be filled with envy, strife and malice. Same way you can be filled with peace and love. But in either case, in this prayer model, he's saying, Father, come rescue me. Help me. Deliver me. Rescue me. I'd have ended up in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. Like I say, that's where generational curses come from. That's where the orphan spirit come from. Immaturity, pride, weakness, darkness, bad fruit, malicious intentions. We get there, don't we, sometimes? We, I'm going to show you. <laughs> and when we get there, all we're saying, before the day even start, Father... Before I walk into this situation, help me. If I find myself in a situation, please get me out of this. I don't know how you're going to do it. Let me pass out as soon as I start arguing with somebody. I don't care. Whatever you got to do, get me out this situation. Make me black out. Make my mouth go mute. I don't know what you got to do, but get me out of it. <laughs> we all did. So, let's do a quick recap. Give me the next slide. So, know your father and his location, relationship, and invitation. Next, establish your father's name as holy in earth. Don't, not your name. Don't try to get your name in lights. 
if you establish your father's name, he will establish you. Jesus said, as because he glorified the father, the father glorified him. Jesus said, I glorify you, Father, by doing what you have put me on earth to do. How did that work? He went before his father every day. He made his name, his will, his kingdom know. He got his daily bread and he, and, he, and he followed through. Same protocol every day. The next one, establish your father's kingdom on earth. Establish your father's will in earth. Then Give me bread for today, Abba. Instructions, directions. What do you want me to do? What do you not want me to do? Then forgive me because we're going to mess it up somehow, some way we're going to do something. Okay. You're going to sin just by default of not knowing what to do because sin is simply. Now, by definition, it's an archery term, which means that you, uh, um, Miss the mark or you forfeit it. And we do both sometimes, meaning we try to do the right thing and we still end up doing the wrong thing. Right. OK. And the other part, the forfeit is sometimes we don't even try. You know what? It's going down today. I don't care what nobody's. OK. But sin, the most elementary definition I can give you is anything that we do that's against his household. That's sin. How often you do that? A lot. You do it a lot. That's why it's important that he raises you. That's why it's important that you understand grace. Grace is for growing. Grace is not for living. You don't constantly do stuff wrong, constantly do stuff wrong, okay, and then you don't care what he say. Because we got grace. No, grace is so you can mess it up and it doesn't disrupt the relationship. Because you're going to get it wrong. That's a part of growing. You ever seen a kid that just grew up perfect, didn't make no mistakes? Doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. Not on earth. Help me to imitate your ways, Abba. Which means if he's forgiving people, you should be forgiving people. If he's loving, then you should be loving. You There should never be an emotion. There should never be a character. There should never be a disposition that you have that your father didn't give you. That's what lets you know that you need to lose that is if, you, if it's not of your father. The next one is lead me. Please do not, don't allow me to lead myself. Please. I don't know about you, but that's my prayer. Father, please do not allow me to lead myself. I do not want to lead myself. I do not want to, I got this. Nope. No, you don't. (laughs) And the next one is when I get off, rescue me, Abba. Deliver me. Send all the angels. <laughs> send them all. <laughs> send a whole squad, Michael, Gabriel, send them all. Because we get off. And the reason why we get off, like I said, is because we are ignorant of his ways. The Bible says that once you are born again, you can now see. Which means just like a baby, that when the baby's born, their eyes open, but they don't see what the parents see. <laughs> their eyes are open they don't see what the mama see they don't see what the father see they're not going to take their, they're, gonna, they're not going to drive themselves home they're not going to get dressed they're not going to feed themselves 
So he knows. That's why Jesus said, don't worry what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or what you're going to clothe. Wear for clothes. He, he even created this whole thing. You know, when, when, when a woman is pregnant, okay, before she has the baby, they prepare everything at home already. Ain't no emergency, baby. You ever see somebody just accidentally have a baby and they ain't got none of the stuff that they need? <laughs> it don't work like that. That's how he set it up. In, et- in eternity, he had his mind made up that I'm going to create this planet for them. He created everything and the last thing he did was put us here. In his image according to his likeness and said dominate. Adam messed that up. And the last one is, this is your plan, Father. Now, typically when we say the, this uh, passage of scripture, at the end, we end it with thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's not even in the, in the scriptures. Somebody removed that from first, uh, I think it's first uh, Chronicles uh, chapter nine and put it there because they felt like it, it sounded good there. I'm just saying. A lot of people don't study. A lot of people study the Bible, but they don't study how the Bible was maneuvered over the years. I can tell people some stuff, but it didn't mess their faith up. Because the only thing that I trust about the Bible is the story. A lot of stuff was changed and manipulated about the Bible, but it doesn't change the story. It doesn't change what the father wants. Okay, they can write and take anything, but it doesn't change what he wants. It doesn't it doesn't disqualify scripture. A lot of places in the Bible, it didn't say Holy Spirit. It just says spirit with a capital S. But the people didn't feel like that was good enough. So they put holy next to it. Now, when people read, they read Holy Spirit and they think it's a third person in the Godhead. Go through the translations. Because spirit with a capital S just means Holy Spirit. Spirit with a small S means it's not holy or it's a human spirit. Most people didn't even know that. (laughs) When you read, if you see a small S, that means it's a human spirit or it's a demonic spirit. All right. I think we're done. But let me say this is our This is his plan. All right. Just like these three children right here belong to me and Dr. Hardy. They did not ask to be here. They did not ask to be. This is our plan. That's why we have to take care of them. That's why they come to us for shoes, for clothes. And Alana is just destroying Dr. Hardy closet. They about the same size. (laughs) But that's what. But look. It's our job to take care of them. So it's his job to take care of us. But what happens is this. I'm going to give you a little lesson in submission. Okay. When you submit, you coming up under. Right. Amen. That's what submission means to come under. If you don't submit to the father, you don't come under the father. What happens is you live a life as if you got a lid on you. Because he can only pour into you. 
A submission, when you're not submitted, that means that there's a lid over you and you can't be poured into. So he has a way for you to submit in order for you to get poured into. The same thing in church. The same thing in the household. If the kids won't allow the parents to pour into them, then they're missing out on wisdom. Wisdom. I'm 30 years older than Alana. When I talk to her, she gets, she can either receive what a 12-year-old hears or what a 42-year-old hears. It's the same thing. That's why the Bible told us, told us that his thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. He's given us, he's letting you know, come under me. He said his thoughts and his ways are far as from heaven is to earth. Come under me so I can pour into you. But if you're not going to allow him to pour into you, you're like a lid over you. And like I said, it's the same thing in ministry. The same thing in marriage. If you don't allow the husband to pour into you, you're like a lid. You can grow no more. Because the, because the oil flows from the top. It flows from the top. It don't flow up. It don't flow from the kids to the parents, from the wife to the husband. It don't flow from the, men, from the uh, congregation to the pastor. It flows from the pastor to the people. I could be sitting here talking to you right now. You don't want to hear what I have to say. So what? you know what? You're missing it. So that's why you should always submit to the father. Submit yourself to the father. Be a child. Act like you don't know nothing. I'm telling you, it works better. It works better. Amen.